Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hey everybody, it's Jason Clark, it's Time Force, and you're watching Toku Secrets Podcast. Welcome to Toku Secrets. Join us as we journey into the marvelous world of Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Power Rangers, and many other Tokusatsu. Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. It's Morphin Time! Link to the Morphin. I'm Nathan Desaad, the dazzling adventurer, Spoken Silk. I'm Patrick Allen, I'm Shinkin Red. And I'm Ridwan Merton. Go Kai Red. And I'm Anthony Davis. Also known as Cure You Green. And we're Tilted Secrets. Alright guys, so we're all here and uh, we are carrying on with uh, Mirai Sentai Time Ranger. We're doing case files 11 through 20. We did case files 1 through 10 last time. A little bit of a brief recap. Of course, since uh, last time we were looking at Time Ranger, we were looking at the first, uh, like the introductory stuff. So... Kind of got to give a little bit of a uh, of some intro on like what the story is. So, if you've seen Power Rangers Time Force, then you should know the basic premise of this. Uh, there are four cadets of the Time Police in the 30th century. They got selected by a mysterious man named Captain Ryuya to chase a gang of criminals called the Balandars family who traveled back into the 21st century. Our four cadets are the tough and no-nonsense private detective Yuri, the deadpan and serious former racer ISA, this suave and cool former fighter named Domon, and this wide-eyed and innocent, almost childlike alien named Shion. And uh, they arrived in the 21st century. They teamed up with a rich youngster named Tatsuya Asami, who was an ancestor to Captain Ryuya. He looks and sounds exactly like him. And they teamed up to use the... uh, the Time Police's technology to become Time Rangers so that they can capture the leader of the Londars family named Don De Niro. Yuri is Time Pink, Tatsuya Time Red, Ayase Time Blue, Domon Time Yellow, and Shion Time Green. And together, they are Mirai Sentai, Time Ranger. And uh, they moved into a building uh, that Tatsuya bought for himself, and they turned it into an odd jobs business called Tomorrow's Research. And over the course of the first 10 episodes, we got some of the uh, shades of the backstories for some of these. Uh, Tatsuya is from a rich and well-known family. His father's a successful businessman, but Tatsuya rejects this socialite lifestyle, and he wants to make a life of his own. And uh, in the second episode, he actually breaks away from his father. Like, he basically cuts himself off. Um, He basically declared his independence. Uh, Yuri is an orphan. Uh, Her family was murdered by an assassin hired by Don Dornero, and she discovered in one episode that Dornero was behind her family, her family's death, so now she's uh, basically obsessed with trying to capture him. Ayase is a former race car driver who was forced to retire, and he reveals to Tatsuya that he had to retire because he has a rare heart disease that is uncurable called Oceris Syndrome, which will kill him in a year or two because it'll cause his heart to stop uh but he keeps this a secret from everybody although Tatsuya found out by accident um Domon is a former pro fighter who got fired 
for being late to matches because he likes to chase girls because that's Domon. And uh, he comes from a big family and he's actually a very emotional person because he misses his family. And finally, Shion is an alien from the planet Humard, uh, which was destroyed by war. And he's basically the sole survivor of the planet. He lived on Earth because he was sent there when his planet was destroyed. So in other words, he's kind of like Superman, like Kal-El with that type of backstory. Okay, so um, uh, we're going to jump in now. Uh, the first couple of episodes until uh, the last three that we look at here are mostly filler episodes. Um, we have Case File 11, Deathmatch City, where uh, most of this episode is the Time Rangers battling a Londar's prisoner that's like hypnotizing people into causing chaos all over the city. Um the big thing that happens in this episode, though, is that Honami, who is, uh, she's a photographer who appeared in a previous episode. Uh, she's trying to discover the identities of the Time Rangers, but then she gets in the way uh, when, um, while trying to discover their identities. And then she gets really upset when she screws the Time Rangers up, but then Domon gives her some assurance that everything will be fine. And she basically becomes, she basically falls in love with Domon, although she doesn't know Domon is time yellow. And that's actually pretty big because at the end of the episode, she discovers the identities of the time Rangers. Uh, the only one that she knows for sure is that Yuri is time pink. Cause you know, uh, she thinks that ISA is time yellow. <laughs> so pretty big, uh, mix up there. Uh, the only um, other things to note about this is that there's some subtle development for uh, uh, the villain Gian. He was Frax's counterpart um, because uh, unlike Donero and Leela, who are both, you know, basically just trying to do stuff for money, he's he's all like, eh, I don't care about money. I care about, like, destroying things and, like, spreading chaos all over the place. So he's pretty insane, uh, although just wait until we get later on in the series. Uh, only other thing is that um, this this episode wasn't adapted into Power Rangers. Well, sort of. I mean, the plot of a photographer trying to discover their identities was there, but the footage of this was used uh, in a, a, a Quantum Ranger era episode where the Time Force Rangers were trapped in the Mirror World, and they this monster of a day was one of those monsters that only appeared in the Mirror World. So, uh, yeah, uh, I just spoke for like quite a bit of time. Anybody want to give their thoughts on this episode first? The first thought I have is she discovers who they are. They're all wearing, wearing color-coded clothes. So clearly the guy wearing blue was the one who's yellow and not the person wearing yellow. Well, don't want to Great deduction. Great deduction. Nice going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my right. bigger issue is that, like, Time Yellow is clearly, like, Domon is clearly the biggest in Yeah, yeah. And Time... And when they're morphed, their height matches like who they're yeah. supposed to be. So Domon should clearly be. Time you got to understand, Nate. She is blinded by ISA's fine self. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is <laughs> <laughs> no, she's she's snorting that. Right. She's like, oh my god, the time yellow is hot. Like, <laughs> no, it's got to be him. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, honestly, there wasn't much to this episode, though, because I, I guess that would be, like, the only footnote is that she found out who the Time Rangers were, like, 
their actual faces and everything. But that's it. I'm actually kind of curious as where this goes because Time Force never had a element to its plot like this. Like so. th- they technically had an episode where a photographer discovered the identities, but it was just a yeah. one-off filler episode. Yeah, but it's very clear that this is going to be a reoccurring. Yeah, like mini plot I mean, thread throughout the series. So I'm kind of curious as to where this goes. It comes up later on as well. <clears throat> in Time Force? No, like in this. In this, this? okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, in the, the class we're talking about, I think it's like episode seventeen yeah. or mm-hmm. something. And she and she's going to be very recurring over the course of this entire series. So if yeah, so get used to seeing Honami. I mean, I, I think she's a good character. So I mean, it's not a she's, problem seeing she's her. She's okay. Her. I like her because she's yeah. consistent. Yeah, and doing her job, and she has like Peter Parker vibe. I'm gonna pitch the timer just right now. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> like. <that. laughs> Oh, she's got a camera, so all of a sudden she's Peter Parker. <laughs> well, no, okay, she has a camera, and she's not afraid to get photos of a superhero or a superhero yeah. to get money for a paper. Only thing she's missing yeah. is uh, just it's just Japanese so... J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> well, I got J. Jonah Jameson vibes from like the Time Force episode too. Like, I mean, literally, the guy is telling that photographer, like. Like, bitch, I want pictures. I want faces for, for the Rangers. And if you don't put any faces, you're fine. <laughs> Remember <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Give me those so... faces. You're fired. Oh, wait. I don't have you're a fire. Okay, you're on No, but this episode was very dull to me. Like, not much really happened. And. The the thing that I kind of complained a lot about when I was watching this, and it's a common thread I feel like for me right now, is we have these characters that we went through to recap on earlier, but I don't feel like we get anything new from this episode. And really, this should be a Yuri-centric episode, like a focus episode for her. But it really isn't. It's just a, here's a photographer here to annoy y'all. Have fun. How would it be a Yuri-focused episode, though? I was expecting it to be more Yuri-focused when it first began. Because yeah, Yuri's I... the one that was like kind of the antagonist with the photographer, Hanami. Yeah, she... Yeah, what? She kind of so hard. I was expecting this to be Yuri-centric. But... And then halfway through, she falls in love with Domon, and we're all like, okay. But, like, the way I see it, though, is that, like, I can understand why Yuri acted the way she did towards her, because it's like, we literally could have stopped preventing all this all this chaos with this, you know, this Satanist dude trying to get people to, to kill each other, and she's in the, she's, I mean, I know she didn't know that, you know, she was, you know, trying to get in the way but at the same time it's dangerous work she needs to just not be in the way because otherwise she'll she'll get hurt or killed you know trying to get that close i'm baffled that they didn't i'm baffled that the people outside this whole thing didn't know what was going on like did the media really not report any of this to the public i thought they did well well she seemed surprised that what was really going on inside that part of the city like they didn't like she didn't know yeah 
So did yeah, they just walk off like, that yeah, part of the city and like, not explain what was going on in they, there? Like, Shul was like, hey, like, this part of town is dangerous because people are being brainwashed and trying to kill each other, whatever. Like, you know, stay away or like quarantine away from that city, that, that specific city or like area. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I might defend this episode just a little bit just because, I mean, I don't know. I think. I like Honami's character, uh, you know, decently. And I think the big thing about this is that it's, is that I think the thing I like about this is that, you know, you guys, and I think this is a perfectly, uh, you know, fair uh, criticism is that, let's be honest. I mean, Dornero and Leela are not exactly the best types of villains and they don't come off as nearly as intimidating, but in the type, but in the case of Gian with this big, like more insane, like, I'm going to hypnotize people to like riot and like throw the city into chaos. Like that does kind of make Gian out to be a slightly more. Oh yeah. I think, I think especially when we we're going to get to those episodes a little bit later (laughs) in this episode of the podcast, but yeah, I know that Don Dornero is framed as the main antagonist, but it really does feel like Gian actually is the main antagonist of this show so far. Yeah, he pretty much is. And I'm assuming it's really going to become more true as the show goes along. Because I know, because I'm not definitely, I'm not the only one who feels like, I I just do not like Donero. Like, he just feels so boring to pair in Paris again. Yeah. There's a reason why, there's a reason why Time Force took his suit and turned it into a comic. I would have to. (laughs) Yeah. Because at this point, it's like Dornero is just like typical mob stuff while Gian is an actual like psychopath. But it it really helps to the dynamic of Time Force's villains where it was too kind of like, I don't know if I want to call Rancic a terrorist-minded villain, but they were basically, they had opposite goals and they kind of wanted to go about it the same way so they were at each other's throats all the time and it added this really cool back and forth dynamic between yeah. Rancic and Frax and so far it, I was expecting there to be a little bit more between these two but it, it's just nothing it's just don't do this gear and he was like okay I won't do it again <laughs> well, he's psych, psych. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay I'm not gonna Okay, I'm not going to do it again. I mean, it looks at the camera. I'm, I'm going to not place. not do it again. That's right. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to give this one out of 10, guys? Eh, I'm going to give it a six for the slap. <laughs> I was going to go with a six. The slap was the only thing that made That's what sense. I said, too. I love the reason it's not the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> no, like that slap's the only memorable part of the episode to me. Mm-hmm. Minus the fact that we have a photographer that's basically Peter Parker. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it a six too. Uh, maybe a six point five, just because I, I mean, I thought Honami's whole thing was pretty good, but I mean, I can still see that it was kind of dull. All right, so now we're going to move on to uh, Case File Twelve: Wish Upon a Star, and I know this is not a reference to the <laughs> Disney song, unfortunately. Um, but uh, this is a filler episode too, but it's actually, it's a Shion-centric episode. Um, and it's very clearly a Shion 
episode. Yeah. Like, unlike the Gene Ranger filler episodes where I feel like I'm putting air quotes around, like, this is a Goshi-centric <laughs> episode. There's times where I can legitimately say that, like, the, this is a character-centric episode. Um, because it is. But, yeah. Um, so, Shion encounters an alien in disguise. He's being forced to work for the Londars in exchange for uh, keeping him safe and this human that he's befriended safe. Uh, the only thing to note about this is that this episode was unadapted in Time Force, uh, the, but technically footage was used for it um, at the because uh, Time Force like to use a lot of uh, like um, fight footage that's like the climax of a Time Ranger episode, but they take it and put it in like the cold open of some of their episodes, and this was one of those episodes. Uh, it was the beginning of. Uh, Ironically enough, it was actually also a trip-focused episode, sort of uh, short-circuited. Where they used the, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of that Time Force episode, but, uh, um, but uh, what do we think about this one, guys? I like this one a lot, actually, because so unlike what y'all said in the last podcast, I still stand by Sion's a pretty darn good character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a fun time just to see Sion get some spotlight to do something um, to show that he's more than a passively nice person. Like, he actually gets involved, and I, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was a really good character development for him. Yeah, the, the one complaint, I, I complained about this at first, but... Then the more I thought about it, I realized it's not a complaint. I, At first, I was thinking, you know, you could have had uh, Argo, that's the alien, uh, end up being from Humard, like Shion. But then the more I think about it, the timeline wouldn't have worked because Shion is supposed to be like a baby when Humard is destroyed. And, I mean, he's like, I mean, he's not supposed to be born for like another thousand years at the time of this episode. So the timeline wouldn't really match up with Argo being from his world. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. What about what about the rest of you guys? You got anything to say? Nah, not really. I thought that Anthony. was a very interesting episode where I guess you could say like these two have have something in common where like they both, you know, are basically the last survivors of their race, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the fact that, you know, this guy does help them out at the end and he wasn't, cause at first I thought about the episode was going to be, but I thought it was going to be like, this dude wasn't really an alien. He was just like, you know, pertaining to be one due to what the alien, what the uh, alien of the week was going to do, but apparently not. So. Oh, now one moment that really made me smile was when like, uh, Theon is telling Argo, like, I know what it feels like to be alone because I'm alone too. And then the other Time Rangers come in and they're like, hey, you're not alone. I mean, we got your back. Like, that was a nice mm-hmm. moment as well. That plays off of, like, literally from the previous Theon episode where they've, they said, like, they're determined to, like, be the family that Sheon never had. And that moment kind of subtly builds yep. off of it. Yeah. Because now they finally, finally see, like, oh, wow, like, this is how you were feeling the whole time? Why didn't you tell us? Like, <laughs> I, I want to give this a nine, actually. I thought it was really good. Touching episode. Yeah. I was going to go with a nine here, too. Hmm. Uh, Anthony? Patrick? 
I'm just, I don't really have debating on whether or not to give it an eight. <laughs> I'll give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we have another filler episode, uh, Case File 13, Battle Casino. Uh, this is kind of a Tatsuya centric episode, although just kind of. Um, it basically, so the Time Rangers are hired by a woman to find her missing husband who's addicted to gambling, and they discover this illegal fight club that the Londars are secretly behind. Uh, only notable thing is that this is the first, and I want to say only, although I don't want to um, stick to that because there might be another episode where it happens. But if I'm going off of what I remember from Time Force, uh, I think it is. Uh, this is the uh, first time that Time Robo Beta, that's the equivalent of the Time Force Megazord Mode Blue, uh, defeats a monster by itself. Because in all previous episodes, they would always switch to Time Robo Alpha slash Time Force Megazord Mode Red, and it would finish off the monster. So, um, yeah, I I mean, I, I just want to get my piece done with this. This is probably the most uh, filler, fillerist filler episode, I want to say. Fillerist, I, I know that that's not a word, but that's the best way I can kind of describe it. Like, I, I mean, just I thought... looked at Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and it's a word now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I thought Tatsuya was cool because he's more sympathetic with the character of the day. And I mean, and I think the plot works well because, you know, the Time Rangers being hired to investigate this thing. I mean, Yuri said she was going to set up her own private detective agency. So it makes sense that she would be hired for that. Uh, all I could say is, I mean, it's not amazing, but when you compare to this to like G-Ranger filler episodes, I mean... Or some filler episodes from older Sentai's, like a certain one that I hate, Battle Fever J. God, I hate it. <laughs> but but it had the best tooth of all time, dude. No, don't no. don't. Tooth that. <laughs> Come on, Nate. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, Nate, if you rant, I'll rant because this is where I want to make that rant. Okay, you can go ahead. All, all I'm saying is that this episode could have been... It's not amazing, but it could have been worse. I mean, compared to some of the filler episodes we had in Geo Ranger, this isn't that bad. So, this episode was pretty decent, minus being, despite the fact that it was all filler. Up until I realized oh Tatsuya's fighting name was Red Tiger. And where have I heard Red Tiger oh. before now? Hmm. No, not again. <laughs> Someone stop him. <laughs> it was really they they set that joke up for you from what twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, no, they're from the year three thousand. They know all this ahead of time. Oh God! Oh no. <laughs> They're like, the Illuminati they're like, is real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All according to plan. <laughs> Illuminati Sentai. Secret <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no, 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 wait, hang on. Illuminati Sentai. Espionage Ranger. Not espionage. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, no, that, that was just something I want to call out and say. Of all the freaking names this guy could have taken. 
It had to be Red Tiger. Couldn't you have said, like, Red, like... Red Dragon. Red Lion. <laughs> red Squirtle. No, no, no. I don't, no. I don't care. No, if they do Red Lion, that seems reminiscent of Cole, and we don't want that either. He's, well, he's out of mind. He's the only guy. Nah. Cole is Don 2.0. He's actually Don done kind of, sort of, correctly. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, if you want to, like, if you want to see a Jungle Boy character, I know what I keep trashing on this Sentai, but Battle Kenya from Battle Fever J, like, I mean, he's not a great character, but he's he's actually he was the one thing that like kept me going through the Sentai. Like, he was holding my hand, and, like, just slowly carrying me through it. Like, he was a, I mean, he's better than John, I think. Of course, I mean, he's played... okay, I've never seen this Sentai, but I will say right now he's better than Don. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Because he's not Don. He's also played by the same guy that played the original Uchu Cage Gabon. So, I mean, that's pretty... a detail. That's okay. That's fine. yeah. But no, other than my little nitpick, which will cost this episode a point, by the way. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> this wasn't a bad episode. I I was entertained. It didn't accomplish much of anything. Like. This could have been a good moment for us to get more Topsy uh, stuff. Yeah. But we don't. And when we get to the end of this podcast, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But I'm just disappointed in the characterization attempts that you're making here. It almost feels unfair to compare this to the Time Force episode that used this episode's footage because the, the Time Force episode... Uh, they used the footage, but it was a completely different story. It was the episode where uh, West, uh, where the, the monster kidnapped a bunch of children and was holding them for ransom, and then West said, "Hey, Dad, could you pay the ransom?" And then the debt. I mean, his dad is all like, uh, "No, why would I do that?" And then West, throughout that episode, is like, "Oh my God, my dad is actually yeah. kind of a jerk. Why do I want to live here anymore?" Yeah, the words you're looking for, the uh, words so. you're looking for, Nate, when um they use like the little bit of footage they have from the beginning of the episode, it's called uh, a cold opening where like they'll show a little bit of the battle beforehand, mm. but they won't show the opening until <laughs> after that ends. No, 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 no. Yeah. They didn't use it. No, they didn't use the fight footage from this episode for the cold open. Like the monster of the day in this episode was the monster of the day for that West episode. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm. I'm speeding ahead. My bad. I meant to say that that the later on episode we have is gonna is yeah. for that. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's 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 one of the better early Time Force episodes mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It, so, I. I st- you want to say anything about this episode, Anthony? It was okay. Um, it was very surprising seeing how this monster was used because, like I'm saying, I'm I'm thinking of the kidnapping from that episode. That's all I could think about. Mm-hmm. I'll probably give this a seven. I mean, yeah, I'll it's give not it a seven horrible, too. but I'm gonna give most fillers a seven just because I mean they're better than G Ranger filler episodes. So that's a low bar. <laughs> I, I'm only really giving a seven because I like the fighting. So. <laughs> This will be getting a 5.5. Oof. I love the Oof. petty reason for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to go to 6.5 originally. Fair enough. But I have to deduct a point. All right, so next up we got Case File 14, Dead Heat. This is an ISA-centric episode, and 
this is actually one of those episodes where if you've seen the Time Force episode, then you've basically seen uh, this episode because uh, it, they're pretty much the same thing. The only difference is that uh, this is a pre-Time Fire episode. Time Force adapted it after Eric was a, was introduced, but Eric is not seen or mentioned in that episode. So, But pretty much the same plot. Uh, the latest Londar's prisoner is an old rival of ISA's... Uh, who wants to settle a score with him. Uh, you know, I, I've actually recently, since I actually watched Time Force recently in preparation for this, I actually do remember a bit about it. Like, do you guys mind if I get my thoughts oh, go first? Go for it. Uh, the funny thing is, even though this episode and Time Force have the exact same plot, I would say that this episode is actually much better than the Time Force episode. And, and now, to be fair, part of it is just because ISA is a much better character than Lucas. I mean, Lucas is not a great character, but I, I think the big thing... So, the Time Force episode, it has its moments, but I feel like it went a little too far with injecting too much comic relief. Like, at the end, like the end of this episode, it's a big emotional moment where, like, ISA is mourning his rival. The episode ends with, like, the Time Force episode where Lucas's driver instructor shows up and says, hey, could you give me race car driver lessons, man? <laughs> and it's like, really? That's how you win the episode? <laughs> and like, and I also think that the rivalry in, between ISA and Baron is a lot more genuine. It, they just, it was barely a focus in the Time Force episode. And like, Baron gives this big speech to ISA about how, like, I, I was actually jealous of how great of a driver you were you, after he said all these horrible things to ISA. Dash's speech to Lucas is just, okay, Lucas, you win. I'm going to be a better person when you free me. Cool. <laughs> like, I mean. So, oh, and no, don't forget, don't forget the dearest, the dearest stupid, stupid face when she makes when she's like controlling him or whatever. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't hate the Time Force episode because, I mean, it's it's like there's only like two episodes of Time Force that I think are genuinely bad episodes. Like the Time Force episode is a serviceable episode, but I just feel like the rivalry between Baron and ISA feels like there's a lot, a little bit more emotion. It was written better here. And that's honestly why, even though these two episodes have the exact same plot, the Time Force... The Time Ranger episode is just the superior product, yes, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. You guys want to? Oh, add and plus that, like, you know, I say saves kids, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> so he wins. Yeah, I don't think that plot was in the Time Force episode. Was it? Not to my. I knowledge. swear, I thought. I, I, I don't think it was. <laughs> And they try, and they go a little bit more into the backstory, like de- like Baron wants actual revenge on ISA because he was put in jail because of actual testimony that ISA put on him. In you know, in the Time Force episode, it's just Dash has always wanted to beat Lucas in a race, and now that he's free, he wants to beat Lucas in a race again. Like the revenge plot. Maybe it was there, but if it was there, it definitely didn't leave a big enough impression on me as this episode. <laughs> so, I mean, 
I don't know. Like, and maybe I have a little bit of bias because I really like ISA as a character and Lucas is not a great Blue Ranger at all. So maybe it's just more that I have a connection to ISA, but th- those little things make this make this a really good filler episode. And the Time Force episode, just uh, not a bad filler episode, but just a, like a mid-tier yeah. filler episode, if you know what I mean. And I, I'm, um, one thing to note in this... It's um, always nice when they depict some... I'm sorry. No, what I was about to say was that it's interesting that in the Time Force episode, Nahir just had like a little like device that should, like like just shocks him and he automatically becomes, you know, controlled. Whereas in the Sentai, the jewelry that he had around his neck was the reason why he was, you know, it was rigged to like control him. I thought that was better handled too. Yeah, I think the idea of making him more of a, I guess, maybe more of a respectful villain is kind of nice because not all criminals are equal, even in real life. Mm-hmm. So having one that's, uh, did they explain why he was in jail? Apparently, uh, uh, in in the time oh, in Time Ranger, uh, he was driving recklessly and like he killed someone in an accident, and yeah, so ISA testified against him, and that's why he got put in jail. Yeah, so yeah. he's probably not just not he's probably not inherently a bad person. So just no, him having a, mistake. Yeah, yeah. So them having a a villain of the monster of the week that was more, you know. I guess not a terrorist. Wait, I thought they said he definitely he didn't kill the guy, but the only reason why he why he got got frozen was because some connections of some other father like want him want him get to get frozen. Yeah, yeah, like son, he almost hmm. killed the son of a powerful. Yeah, guy, that's like, what it was. No, and that's but he never actually killed them. Oh, so he got he got his yeah so. He got punished more strictly because somebody in power forced him to get punished yeah. strictly. Yeah. Like it's almost like you know you all you almost run over like the son of like I don't know Joe Biden and then Joe Biden takes it personally and then he decides to like demand that you get him in jail or something. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, you want to say anything about this episode, Riz? No, I think we've covered it more than I was had any opinions of it for her. Oh, okay. I mean, there's nothing left for me to say. I'm going to give this one an 8. Uh, maybe an 8.5. I gave I gave the Time Force episode a uh, a 7, but I definitely want to put this, like, at least one peg up over the Time Force episode. I'll give this an 8. This yeah, I'll give it an 8, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so we get another filler episode, Search for the Sniper, Case File 15. Uh, this episode is a uh, pretty simple plot. Uh, Honami gets captured by a sniper because he wants to. she wants to use them to, like, lure the Time Rangers out. Uh, Yuri and Sion, uh, dis- um, at the end of this, uh, Yuri and Sion, uh, they discover that she likes Doman, and Sion gives her his private email so that they can chat. And the end of this episode is actually kind of adorable seeing Honami send all these uh, like messages <laughs> to Doman. But here's the problem. She still thinks ISA is time yellow. So 
she's talking with Domon, but she thinks she's talking with Ayase. Yeah, so yeah. there's but a little I bit thought, of a... But I thought she gave... I thought she was given Theon's email address, right? Well, yeah, but that she's communicating to Domon through Theon's email. Yeah. Uh, only other thing to note is that uh, this episode was n- never adapted into a Power Rangers episode at all. Like, not not even the monster was used in uh, in Time Force. So this is one of those, like, completely 100% unadapted episodes of Time Force. Um, so what do we think about this one, guys? This does a little bit more for the Hanami story, I feel like. Like... There's a little bit more of a familiarity between her and the cast. It's not great development for anyone, but at least it establishes Hanami more as like a recurring character that'll appear every now and then. Yeah. And so that's that's not bad. And I just it's think sure. Of, go ahead, Patrick. Yes, it's kind of rare for Sentai seasons to kind of have this non-sentai member who's not kind of like affiliated in the team in any way get this close to the team because the only other season that i've outside of like well i guess you could consider the the farmers the ginga men were living with as a part of their immediate team but i was thinking of because i've only seen a brief bit of the season but gogo five yeah i know exactly you're talking about uh you're talking about the astronaut character yeah 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 yeah, i'd say so but I don't think she was really that much of a major player in the grand scheme of that season. Yeah. So she's so this character she's kind of a unique case in Sentai because she's not like like a Fran, you know. I think that'd be a, like an equivalent would be like yeah, Fran, yeah. where she was closely tied to the team but was never really intermingled with the team in its base forms. And Sentai doesn't normally do stuff like this, so it's kind of a cool dynamic for a Sentai to take with a character. And I also like, I mean, she did this in Ginga Man and she's doing it here in Time Ranger. I love that there's like a romance story where this romantic interest isn't just a one-off character. Like she continues to appear. Now, I probably like how they do it in Ginga Man a little bit more, but it works here. Um, Well, if it's it's anything like Goki's kind of story, then I'll be really excited to see where this leads. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was Uh, was easily one of the... That was one of the best character subplots in Ginga Man. Was oh, I, I love Goki's romance story. I was oh, oh yeah, it's, it's so good. Uh, Goki is such a he's kind of he's kind of a doofus, but he's a lovable doofus. <laughs> that's that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sir, I guess. Well, we'll Wait, talk, we're going to be doing. You'll, Ginga- you'll see when we get to Ginga Man. Ginga Blue is a lovable yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> We like those. What do we want to get this episode, guys? Hmm. I might give it a nine. We give it a. I mean, I, I really like Konami as a character. I'm gonna give it an eight. Wow, I'm gonna be the yeah. asshole here. Okay. Go <laughs> I was gonna say a seven. That's not seven. That's not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. I mean, I think that's, that's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, not really. Well, that bad. it just to me, it's. While the episode is, you know, you guys liked it more, I just kind of felt bored. I mean, I think that's fair. Like, it, this isn't the kind of story that I want to get more of. I want more out of the main five. And we're not really getting that as much as we are getting, like, a new character added on out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. 
So it's like forcing me to care about somebody who I didn't sign up to care about. I mean, fair enough. But I mean, yeah, these I char- but being... these main five characters are still... Okay, maybe not Tatsuya just yet, but I would still say the other four are pretty <laughs> likable characters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to uh, Case File 16, A Dream of Soba. This is a Domon-centric episode, uh, filler episode. Uh, so this episode is all about Domon attempting to help a struggling Soba chef. Soba is a type of noodle, and uh, I know this because my, my wife is, my wife absolutely loves Soba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she likes to make that a lot. Um, but... Uh, He's trying to help him create the perfect soba, and at the same time, this Londars monster, who's like a food critic, gets unleashed, and he's like destroying restaurants that fail to meet his insane standards. Uh, this is another episode that was never adapted into Time Force, and the way that the monster was adapted was weird, because you never see him on screen, but there is this one episode where... Wes created a bunch of cardboard cutouts of monsters for Jen to like do target practice on. And there was a cardboard cutout of the monster in this episode. I would never have known that if you could have told me. <laughs> and but yeah, that's that's the beats I didn't even think yeah. about or notice. And apparently the monster was mentioned. And I tried to they say this on the Ranger Wiki, and I tried to find the episode where it was mentioned, but I couldn't remember. But apparently at some point, Rancic mentioned the name of this mutant to Nadira. His name was Chef Bug, which, I mean, is fitting, given his appearance. But, uh, mm. yeah, so, I don't know. It's kind of like that. There's, like, this one episode of a... There's, like... It's the same thing with, like... There's an episode of Ginga Man where you have this starfish monster, and you never see... Well, actually, you do see it in Lost Galaxy, but you only see his shadow, because, like, Leo sees him in the cave, and, like, Leo is like, what are you doing? And the monster's like, oh, no, i got to get out of here. And then he runs away, and then Leo never sees him, and all you see is his shadow. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's, it's similar to that. Um, but uh, what did you guys think of this episode? I greatly enjoyed this one a lot. I thought this was a really good episode to give more on Domon. And I might go as far as to say, if we're talking strictly character development-centric episodes in this batch, this is probably the best one of them. Like, I, I, I could not get enough of Domon's like, interpersonal relationship and his trouble relating with the rest of the team. and Yeah. The friction and all that was that was good story writing. I want more of this. Please do more. Yeah, and I, I just like how I mean it comes with some of your standard mindless dumb fun with like that cook off that Domon yeah. monster. Like I it's okay to put this in some of the more serious episodes of <clears throat> like I could probably remember a handful of like dumb, <laughs> mindless, dumb fun in Shinkenger, and it's fine to do that every once in a while. Okay. We're but... talking about Super Sentai. You're supposed to have mindless, dumb fun intermingle with the other stuff. I mean, Ginta is a character in Shinkenger, and that guy brought about a lot of really mindless, dumb fun in Shinkenger. That's his whole character. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I just think this is a really great episode. I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, You want to add anything, Anthony? It was okay. I, I honestly didn't really like... Like, it was like like yeah this episode's great it was it was good but it was like not like I don't think it was fantastic in my personal opinion 
What'd you pet? Car Ranger plot. There's probably some episodes of Car Ranger that had this exact same plot because, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> count out Car Ranger from doing something really dumb. <laughs> I can't wait till we do Car Ranger. That's a fun Sentai. It's we stupid, but it's great. I think after we do Ginga Man and Go Busters, we should do that just because I want to watch Riz react to this season. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, but, see, but it's fun. Okay. But see, here's the yeah. thing. If I know we're talking about a parody, my expectations are different, and I'm going to have a blast. Oh yeah, but I'm not going to be still wanna, like with. Other I still want to see you react to it because Car Ranger doesn't doesn't give a crap half the time. That's why it's <laughs> so good. That, look, it'll still be aces better than another Sentai that, that has works. a red tiger. <laughs> Because they wanted us to take that Sentai seriously, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to give this one an 8, though. I mean, I thought it was very enjoyable. It's going to be a 9 for me. Okay. Uh, Anthony? I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. You want to give one, Patrick? (laughs) He said no. He said nope. He said nope. (laughs) Nah. I mean, I mean, I'm being, I'm being fair here. If I haven't actually sat down and watched it, I don't want to judge it. Okay, that's fair. fair. So, you should go watch this one. I recommend it. Yeah, I, I, if I have more time this week, I'll go rewatch some of these just to have them under my belt. Yeah. All right. So now we're moving on. This is the last filler episode before we move on to a three-parter. Uh, the Twisted Holy Fist Case File Seventeen. This is kind of a Tatsuya-centric episode where uh, one of Tatsuya's karate students gets involved with the underground gang that's stealing money from students, and the leader is one of Alondar's. Uh, this episode wasn't adapted into Time Force because it's a very violent plot. Um, so it's another episode where footage of the final battle was used for the cold open in a, in the time, in a Time Force episode, which is actually the same Time Force episode we mentioned earlier, where Wes decides to leave his dad's house. Um, and also, uh, funnily enough, uh, the monster of the day, the suit for the monster of the day, uh, it was used for the very first mutant that we see being frozen in Time Force. Uh, they used a, they used a different mutant to be shown being frozen, uh, in Time Ranger. We haven't seen that mutant yet, but it'll, it'll be in an episode, trust me. Uh, A very, a very, a very heavy handed episode, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um... I, you know, I could probably, just to get my thoughts real quick, I could sum this up uh, pretty easily. It's, I'm not, this is probably the weakest episode of this whole batch. I mean, I thought Tatsuya was okay in it, but it's just got your standard message of like, don't be a bully. It's a standard filler episode. I mean, not much else to say. I, I wasn't big into this, but what did you guys think? I was bored. Fair enough. I actually, and when Ridvon's bored, I give it a six. I actually kind of like this episode. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. I'm kind of weird. Like, oh, I like the like the food episode, but I like this one. It's it's mostly due with like the fact that the kid was being bullied, and I didn't realize because I never watched. I didn't watch the preview because I was watching it on like a different site besides the um the Plex because I was having issues with Plex mm-hmm. for some reason. So like um 
I didn't see the preview for it. So I was like, whoa, like I, the kid getting bullied. I was like, okay, so this kid's going to finally eventually not be a bull, like not, not get bullied anymore. He's going to stand up for himself and, you know, is going to de- defend himself basically, which he kind of does, but he did it in a way where I didn't expect him to be the bully in the end. I was like, wow, like that kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, But I think, I, I think because of him dealing with like being bullied it kind of resonated with me a little bit because I used to be like I used to be in his shoes where like I got bullied a lot, so I kind of like resonated with that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to say. So, like, what do we want to give this out of ten, guys? I've already given it a six. Uh, I'm giving it a nine. (laughs) I'll probably do seven just because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I want to give it a seven because, I mean, I enjoy these okay. I mean, even if I'm bored, I mean, okay, if I'm bored, I would give it a five. But I thought it was just okay. I thought Tatsuya had some moments. But how did you – how did y'all feel about him getting, you know – pretty much beat up by and I say he got beat up by the kid but he let the kid swell on him like that how did y'all feel about that I mean I mean I guess it I mean I mean he is the student I mean he didn't want to hurt the kid so I guess it makes sense that he was holding back he lucky that won't me because yeah. if it was me I beat that little kid's ass <laughs> not <Nah>, playing <laughs> I'm like, what'd you say? <laughs> this is why I can't be a teacher because I, I, I have no right. patience for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's literally walking around going, these hands are Facts. ready to eat for everyone. Because <laughs> you're going to punch me like, like a man. You're going to hit like a man. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to uh... – basically a, a three-parter episode, although we can probably uh, talk about these episodes uh, individually somewhat too. Um, yeah. So uh, the, these two, these next two episodes were actually adapted into one episode of Time Force. Um, so um, so this first part, it's called A, uh, a Shadowy Premonition, where... Gian attacks a lab that's owned by Tatsuya's father because he's searching for an energy source. Now, there's a little bit of an ISA character development here because uh, – well, not character development, but more further of his story where he he's struggling with his Osiris syndrome and Tatsuya's telling him you know, he should tell the others, but ISA refuses. And then later, uh, ISA is trapped in the lab because he was driving one of the executives there and – Tatsuya panics because he thinks that uh, ISA may die alone there. ISA survives, and the episode ends with I- Tatsuya telling him, "Hey, I mean, you should maybe you should stop being a Time Ranger and return to your time so that you can enjoy the little time you have left." But ISA is like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that because being a Time Ranger is what gives me hope that I can change my future. That's why I'm going to keep fighting." Yeah. So. So pretty good. Um, a, a big thing for uh, some story and uh, um, is that uh, and this part is actually kind of huge, not just for the next three episodes, but also kind of later on in the series too. All is going to be end up being a big deal. Uh, 
Gian attacked the lab in search of a crystal called Lambda 2000. And he actually obtains it. And Taku realizes that uh, I, I didn't mention Taku in the recap, but Taku is the equivalent of circuit in this, uh, in mm-hmm. this series. Um, Taku realizes that the Lambda 2000 is a prototype to a 30th century crystal called the Zeta three. And Gian is making a robot, which he is, uh, which he's powering with the Lambda 2000. And the other big thing is that the lab, which Tatsuya's father, which keep in mind is owned by Tatsuya's father, they're working on a giant tank called the Rame, which it, it was also called Rame Tank in uh, Time Force 2. Uh, so you, you probably recognize that if you've seen Time Force. Uh, and there's also a giant robot that's being held in storage in, time plate, in the Time Police headquarters, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so what do we think? I, you know, I think it's okay to judge this episode by itself just because there's a lot of Tatsuya, ele- uh, no, ISA elements in there. So what do we think about this episode, guys? Yeah, I was going to say that this, while it relates to the other stuff coming into future, this is its own episode. It's not part of a three-parter in my mind. It's like a prequel. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And yeah, um, I like this a lot. It gives a great deal more um, urgency to the Osiris syndrome problem going on. Yeah. Which I I think it's been kind of quiet on that front for the last nine episodes or however many it's been. Yeah. So having them revisited here is nice. And the way they kind of ravel it in with the other stuff with the Lambda 2000 or Zeta 3 or whatever. I, I thought this is all well-written stuff. Yeah, I, lo- I love this <clears throat> uh, kind of growing, like, brothership thing that Tachi is trying to get in with Asuma, trying to make, like, he's over-concerned with him. And I, I-, I kind of hope that this thing with ISA changes throughout the season where he actually opens up about this more to the rest of the team because him hanging on to this I think is eventually going to get him into some serious trouble later on if the rest of the team doesn't know about it so I kind of hope that um Tatsi is like loosening him up to maybe you know be more open but We'll see, but I, I like the dynamic that these two share so far because it's yeah. uh, it's kind of I, I sympathize a little bit. <laughs> I see somebody suffering with something, I'm like, freaking get help! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I really like Tatsuya and ISA's uh, little friendship here. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I kind at the very least, like, even if you, I get why maybe you maybe why they didn't want to go the route of like having Lucas have the, have the same story as ISA, but like you could have at least fleshed out him having more of a friendship with Wes, like they do with ISA. Cause I mean, Jason Fawn and Michael Copon appear to have a lot of like close chemistry together in real life. So you could have mm-hmm. done something like that. So, but, I but I, all of them do. Well, yeah, but I mean, in particular, Jason Font and Michael Copon seem to hang out a lot more than. Yeah, I mean, when when he's not hanging out with Aaron Cahill and Dan Southworth, he's out hanging out with Michael Copon individually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
You want to give any comments, Anthony? Uh, you're muted, Anthony. Anthony, you're muted. I, I just realized that, y'all. <laughs> Relax. All right, yeah, okay. I hear y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. Okay. No, what I was going to say was that y'all pretty much said what I was going to say, but I did enjoy the fact that, you know, Tatsuya was so concerned about uh, ISA, the fact that he, like, the sigh of relief. I, I, I know how that felt because I've dealt with that before. Where I like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna get. Ri- I'm, I'm gonna. Get- yeah, that. Yeah, when he, when he. Okay, you went. It's like when he sat down and you saw him, like you know, put his hand on his head. Like you could tell he was like trying to compose himself because he was having a mild panic attack. I felt yeah. that in my soul. So I'm gonna get a little <laughs> bit personal. And I hope this is perfectly fine. Me saying this. So like. Um, a while ago, like a couple months ago, um, my grandpa had a heart attack and I was literally like shaking. I didn't know what to do. I literally broke down to my cousin. I was worried I was going to lose him. I most of them going through my mind or whatever. And then my grandma had like literally told me that like, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. And I just had like just a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, that's all I had to say. Cause like, I was literally freaking out. Cause I did not want to lose my grandpa cause he's literally like my dad. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of had something like that a couple of yeah. months ago too. Mom had a, that was me all last uh, year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, everybody's going we, through we all like, felt Tatsia in that. We all felt Tatsia yeah. in that moment. <laughs> and I think it makes Tatsia <laughs> to be a somewhat better character than what we've given him credit for. Just yeah. for concern alone. Like, yeah, he Yeah. He's not a bad character. He's just, he needs more. Needs that, more. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like up to this point in the show, he hasn't been treated or developed nearly as well as Wes has yeah. up to this point. Yeah, he's not Wes. And honestly, yeah. the from what I remember, I don't think he'll ever be at Wes's caliber. I don't think he he'll be a bad red, but I'm I mean, Wes is e- – I mean, we just went over this in our, uh, like, one mm-hmm. podcast. Like, Wes is an S-tier red. I mean, Tatsuya yeah. is probably, like, A-tier at best. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing for me to hear you say that because I'm assuming that his role is going to be just as important going forward as Wes's is. And if he comes off as a little bit more underdeveloped, that's kind of a misstep yeah. for this season. Yeah. I mean – I don't. Th- I wouldn't say maybe not underdeveloped, but more like it just feels like it just feels like they do the same stuff, but maybe like West just feels like it was done, written a little bit better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, well, like kind of like comparing like I don't know like uh, Kenta Date to Andros. Like they're both great characters, but Andros is pro- probably. A, I mean, Andros is definitively better than yeah, Kenta. Definitely. So. I think that one's a little bit more of a drastic comparison because they're two vastly yeah. different characters. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe more like maybe like more like Ryoma to Leo, where I mean they're both okay, but Ryoma is a little bit better than Leo. Oh, nah, yeah, that's not that. close. Yeah. I still like Leo. Don't get me wrong, but he is not. He's not real. Yeah, he's not real. Yeah. 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 What do we want to give? Uh, um, 18 out of 10, guys. I'm going to give it a 9 just because I love it. I was going to give it a 9. I'll give it a 9. Yeah, same here. 
All right, so now we have uh, Case File 19, The Moonlight Night, um, which uh, pretty much, uh, I mean, this is probably where the Time Force episode got the bulk of its plot. Um, so Gian unleashes his uh, ultimate fighting machine, it's called Nova, to wreak havoc on the city, and the Time Rangers are helpless because uh, in the previous episode, uh, Time Robo got damaged pretty badly, defeating the uh, Londars of a day, so... They can't, uh, so they can't summon the, uh, the time jets. Uh, a big thing is that, uh, Nova is being powered by a Zeta-3 because he transforms that stolen Lambda 2000 into a Zeta-3, and he immediately enlarges it. Um, and he's having a lot of fun seeing Nova destroy everything. Like, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch all this destruction and I'm gonna become a god. <laughs> like, this guy's insane. Yeah. Um, now, with the time jets not being able to uh, come, the laboratory deploys the Rame tank, which, of course, can't defeat Nova. And you know that it pretty much gets it pretty much gets owned. Uh, you know, the four billion dollars of public funds down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is that when the time when Time Force adapted this episode, they used the footage of the Japanese pilots in mm -hmm. the Rame tank. That's kind of awkward transition, right. I think. I guess they. Well, so. I mean, you could have an old Japanese team. That's not unheard of. Well, yeah, but the lines are kind of poorly dubbed. I think. They were just too cheap uh, to hire two actors yeah, to be but... to be that, being the being the tank and, and like they have because remember yeah. they have to actually not only film new footage for at least two in the tank, they also have to get actors to play the role as well. So. Well, also remember. This is Saban's last. Yeah, I know, because that's what I'm saying. He's still, he's still, yeah, he's still being a cheap is. self, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's being more cheap now because he's giving it yeah. up soon. So Rame is destroyed, and Nova corners the Time Rangers. But then a time portal opens up from a solar eclipse, and from it appears a new robot. It has the exact same name as it did in Time Force, uh, the Time Shadow. Uh, which uh, it's an a it's basically a robot with with AI, so it like operates by itself, just like in a just like in Time Force. Uh, it transforms into its robot form, and it defeats uh, and it defeats Nova. Uh, what do we think? I, I know I don't have uh, it labeled here, but what do we think of the Time Shadow? By the way, like, I I love I, how, I love how in Time Ranger this thing is making like. Samurai so Hawaii cool. noises. <laughs> <laughs> who, who designed that? What purpose is that function? Makes it just serve? makes it cool. It just <laughs> makes it cool. But, <laughs> Don't worry about it. But I, I actually kind of forgot that this thing's this thing entered in, uh, entered through like a solar eclipse and like the whole like nighttime sky spotlight like scenery that they give for this thing really makes this thing look cool and how it's always staying on top of rooftops and yeah this, this thing is sleek yeah it's really sleek <clears throat> yeah it's probably I, I don't know if I want to call it a secondary mech for them because they don't pilot it like it's definitely not like what uh, Victory Mars slash the Omega Megazord yeah. was for the GoGo uh, -Go 5 slash uh, Lightspeed Rangers but it's still one of my I mean, if you if I were to compare it to something like uh, 
the Delta Megazord slash whatever it was called in Mega Ranger, or mm-hmm. um, it, this is probably better than that, honestly. Or or Tetra Boy, or uh, something along those lines, where it's a AI controlled. And I guess technically, on- Liner Boy in Go Go Five, even though that was a Zord that they could pilot in Lightspeed Rescue because it was the Titanium Ranger Zord. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I- what was the one from O Ranger? Uh, Block, uh, was it Blocker well, Boy? If you're oh the tackle, tackle boy, boy, tackle boy, tackle boy, the warrior was, wheel. Yeah, the war. Yeah, yeah. That that's that stupid thing. Oh, I, I knew there was. That thing was. But out of the, out of the out of the AI controlled max, I think this is like the best one by far. So up to this point, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so um, so the Time Shadow defeats the monster, and then it disappears back into the Time Portal. Now, a couple of uh, big things happen over the uh, at the end of this. So first of all, uh, Taku reveals that when the Lambda 2000 was activated, it caused a rift in the space-time continuum. That's actually what caused the Time Rangers to see past versions of themselves in the previous episode. And they're wondering like what Gian could be up to. Cause like, this is some pretty serious stuff. Cause like, it's yeah. literally like screwing with the timeline. And at the same time, it's revealed that Tatsuya's father created the Rame tank as part of a contract that he made with the defense department, specifically to protect the city from the Londars. Now they don't say this, but specifically, but if you can think critically, you can kind of see this, like, this is a big deal because the Londars aren't supposed to exist yeah. in this timeline. So the defense department contracting a company to make like something huge, like that, that's screwing with the timeline really like huge. And this was the thing I was waiting to get to with time Ranger, because that's always been one of the biggest complaints against time forces plot was that that whole them changing the past that if to affect the future thing was like so thrown under the rug mm-hmm. in time yeah. wars because it was brought up like right before the finale or right when Eric showed up. I can't remember when it was and it was never really showcased or ever really became like a major plot point of time force and to see the kind of effects of it early on in time ranger and seeing like the actual impact and concern it's bringing Thank yeah. you. <laughs> this is already addressing one of my biggest, comp- probably the biggest complaint of Time Force. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually interested to see where they take, where they go with this. And also, yeah. uh, Tatsuya's father hints that there's another plan for his business to help protect the city from the Londars. Now, if you've seen Time Force, you might know what that is. But let's not the... let's not get ahead of ourselves. But you got if you've seen Time Force, you might get a hint on what he's talking about. Um, and uh, the episode ends uh, with Gian finding a key to a vault in the prison, and we'll talk more about that uh, in the next episode. Uh, but what do we think about this one, guys? There's a lot going on yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. It's, it, I think it's Gian's breakout party. This is the first time where he really feels like he's kind of taking over as the main antagonist. He gets to cut loose. Yeah, and it's about time. And how, because... and how and how stupid Don Dornero is. He was like, 
Oh, you're paying for our vacation? Don't do anything stupid. Okay, I'm doing something <laughs> stupid. Darn, darn arrow, you're a, you're an idiot. Okay, just just go it's on like, vacation. It reminds me, like, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> it's gonna remind me of that uh that thing with I, I'm I don't know why I'm thinking of SpongeBob for some reason, but like it reminds me of like when like Squidward. <laughs> Was leaving like uh, SpongeBob in charge of Krusty Krab while he's gone or whatever, and he's just like he said something, and then SpongeBob says, "I'm the sure the Krusty Krab." <laughs> yeah, it's like for being a mob boss, he is very forgiving of somebody who has clearly got his own yeah. agenda. Mm-hmm. Like he, Don Nero's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks like an idiot. There's a reason why. Yeah, he does Force. look like an Time Force literally like, took him did... and turned his character into an idiot. No, I don't Force. know why they made him... I don't know why they designed him this way. He's, he's not. not intimidating. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's literally the dumb muscle in Time Force. Like, he's yeah. like, all right, Rancic, you need me to, like... You... What do you want me to do, boss? Like, but he is the boss in Time Ranger, so... And then, like, ten episodes in, he just kind yeah. of vanishes... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then you never see him again. What uh, what do we want to give uh, this one out of ten, though, guys? Think about a nine. I'll go over nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I- because this is set up something that I've been kind of excited for, and I think it does it pretty well. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a nine for me too. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. And also, one also, thing to note: the entire oh. like time. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to say anything. I was like, dang it. <laughs> I started talking, and then he talked over me, and I'm sitting there like, I guess I'm just going to get told, screw you, Rick. No, no, no. I'm you're good. Just, yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, I just like this episode a lot because Time Fire, like, not Time Fire, the Time Shadow mm-hmm. is one of my favorite parts of Time Force. Like, Mad Swords. One of my favorite swords. Yeah. I mean, you got gauntlet blades. That immediately ramps you up to like a nine at, yeah. at worst. Right? On right. the awesome mm-hmm. scale. Man, I, w- <laughs> I, w- I wish I got that deluxe toy back. I know. I wish kid. I got that too. I only got the uh, the Time Force Megazord. I never got that one. The Time Shadow. I did have it as a kid, but it was one of those short, like, like hmm. 10 inch, like, figures. Oh, though, yeah, so, yeah. I, have, wish I think I had some some of that in other yeah. timeline. Yeah, what yeah. You're talking about. To eBay. <laughs> but what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> was hey, gonna... 200% right. shelf price. <laughs> no. But what I was going to say was that, like, I was interesting how in Power Rangers, it was the time jet somehow, you know, match the, the freezes thing. But in Time Ranger, it shows you that, yeah, time the, the, the time jet did save them, but they went to Alpha, went to and went on like the form the uh the Alpha formation and used the finisher that way, but you can still see like the the robot was still kind of short circuiting a little bit. That was a nice little detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move on to the last one of this batch, uh, Case File 20, The Renewed Bond. Uh, this episode is uh, very similar uh, to the uh, to the Time Force episode. I would probably say that they have basically the same plot. Uh, so uh, 
that vault that Gian uh, got the key to, uh, it was called the X Vault in Time Force, but here it's called a Hell's Gate. It's uh, a vault that holds prisoners that are basically considered like, you know, like while the main ones were like, you know, arrested for like, you know, just crimes like, you know, like some terrorism or something like these are people that have like engaged in like very violent and dangerous and destructive actions, kind of similar to what they kind of give the same backstory to the X Vault, too, to be fair. Um, uh, the funny thing is, is that at the end of this episode, uh, Donero gets angry at Gian for releasing uh, such a violent prisoner, and he forces him to give up the key. But then Gian is all like, okay, I'll never do it again. And then he, at the end of the episode, he holds up another key and he's like psych i'm gonna do it again <laughs> so, little mm-hmm. did you know that there i made a duplicate <laughs> exactly. um now we see a little bit more of uh how the timeline has been affected uh they find out that the time shadow was created jointly between the time bureau and the inner city police but it was supposed it wasn't supposed to be completed for another 10 years which, okay, that's a very subtle thing, but that's uh, a major change of a timeline that Gian's actions created. Uh, and with all this going on, uh, you know, the Time Rangers are discovering just how much of an effect their presence is having on the future. And there's a lot of uncertainty on whether or not they'll return. This causes Domon to lose his will to fight, which is made even worse when the uh, monster, pr- when the prisoner of the day proves to be too strong. But the other Time Rangers vow to keep fighting. And Domon realizes he has something to fight for. He regains his spirit. Uh, the Time Rangers can gain the ability to combine Time Robo with Time Shadow to form. It's either Shadow Beta if they combine uh, it with Time Robo Beta or Shadow Alpha if they combine it with Time Ro- Robo Alpha. Although we only see Shadow Beta here. We don't see Shadow Alpha. Um, and they defeat the monster. Uh, I... Uh, Watch we know. I, I got a lot to say, so I'll let the other guys talk about this. So anybody want to go first? Um, I, I like how, <clears throat> and this is going kind of continuing off the thing of I'm glad that they're establishing the, the change in time thing this early on because I like how they're taking it into consideration with their actions and it's almost making them hesitate to do anything more because they don't want to mess things up more than they've already yeah. messed up. And it it freezes them a little bit. And mm-hmm. But then they kind of come to the assumption that, well, we're still like cops. You know, we're heroes. We have to protect people regardless of the, you know, the consequences. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of use this as like a team bonding experience. And that segment where like Doma was like on his knees and the others were like one at a time running off into battle. And mm-hmm. he finally gets up and charges in after him. was like that. That's probably the bet, the highlight of the series up to this point. That was me. a very powerful moment, Pat. Yes, it was. It was a very because good moment. When I, when they first started doing, it, I was like, please let them do all five. Don't just have me one person and the rest of them follow. And it did it because and it built up the tension and the emotion quite a bit. I, I really yeah, me too. That. Now, uh, I got one more thing. I'll let you go. go ahead. Is the thing the thing I have I'm confused about, and this is probably just because I'm thinking way too deep into this. 
but they said that the time shadow was finished and sent out into combat what was it like 10 years too quickly given their or given the timetable for when they left yeah does this mean that the future is following along with them in real time yes or because it because given how time would seem in like media and stuff couldn't they have just like waited 13 or 10 years into the future and then sent it back to that point in time when it was ready anyway? Or would... I I don't... So, <laughs> I think that just so, speaks volumes on how just how much the timeline is getting screwed up. Yeah, yeah. but so it's weird how they can't say that, okay, well, let's just sit here and wait for like 10 years and then we can send it back to them when it's actually good and ready. But if 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 they're like... If the two timelines, like the past or the present in this case in the future are like working in sync with one another like you can only look back at them at where they time travel to and you have to watch them in real time i guess that would have been nice to have established beforehand but if that's the case then yeah then that that does have an impact on like oh well the 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 tank again the the rame it it being made kind of accelerated like the development of robotics, probably like yeah. by a good maybe decade in the present time, and it accelerated the completion of the time shadow and stuff. And I guess that's what they're implying. It is. But maybe I'm just looking too deep into how like looking back in time would work. <laughs> so I'm going to start off by saying, Great Scott! Yeah. Because that's the <laughs> obvious thing you gotta say here whenever you realize you're messing with the oh, future. Yeah. yeah. Um but onto the more serious part of this. No, Pat, you're you're onto it. Mm-hmm. So I think the time travel that we're seeing in Time Ranger is different than the time travel we see in Time Force. Um so I think if I remember correctly. Time Force was not as cognizant of the events in the future and how they were changing when they're in the past. And Mm -hmm. I think that's because they're not parallel occurrences. I think think they just go back in their linear time and that's all that really happens for the Time Force timeline. Mm -hmm. But I think when this team goes back, is it possible that they they branch off a new timeline and they live in that? But anytime the future sends stuff back, like the Zords, they're sending them back, but they hit the branched off timeline. So whatever is happening in the prime timeline is not affected. But the impacts of like Rami popping up 10 years earlier, that's part of the branched off timeline. And that future will continue at an accelerated pace, meaning the Time Rangers probably don't really come back until, like, 2090 instead of 3000. Yeah. I mean, 2990, sorry. And whereas when the team that we're dealing with right now goes back, they're going back to the prime timeline. Does that all make sense? Am I time travel... Over explaining this, yeah. No, I think that makes sense. 
Th- this is literally the you're literally explaining the plot of the two seasons of Logan. <laughs> I have not I've seen season two yet. I've seen season two yet, but I've heard people really like that season, so I'm gonna give it a chance. Yeah, it, I thought I thought it was better than the first season, but that's kind of, <laughs> kind of what the plot of the Loki show is. <laughs> was that this whole there's like branching timelines because people keep doing stupid stuff, and we need to kind of stop that from happening. <laughs> Um, yeah, but see, this, this is why I've never been a fan of time travel plots, because it's so easy to get things, make things confusing, and stuff that cannot make sense, and, or, and it still makes sense at the same time, and then, so, yeah, yeah. Power Rangers, (laughs) time travel has always been weird, like, during the, during the Alien Ranger saga, like, you don't have access to the ninja zords because you never discovered those at that time, but you can use the shogun zords, even though you discovered those at a later time. (laughs) (laughs) Because plot convenience. Like, wait, what are you talking about? Nate? No, in the alien Ranger saga, they say that like the alien Rangers can't use, they can't call ninja for help because at that point in time, they haven't discovered ninja and they can't call the ninja swords because at that point they've never even gotten their ninja powers and they haven't discovered the ninja swords. But they can use the shogun swords even though they discovered the shogun swords after they met ninja and found the ninja swords. That makes no sense. You're overthinking so. it. He's not overthinking it. You just you're just being you're just, you're just being <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> he's messing he's messing with you, mate. Dude, time Stefan. Haim Saban wrote premium quality <laughs> How dare you try and insinuate? Well, I'm actually going to have to agree with that because I think Mighty Morphin season three actually had really good writing. Aside from that, <laughs> sorry, I can't. Ta- I I can't take what I can't take you seriously when you said Haim Saban wrote. And I was premium. like, I look at you. That I was right like, there. Really <laughs> can see through your bs right now i'm like that right there was that's why i didn't say anything i was like but really it's like be careful with the next word you say riz because this is already turning into a mistake no the mistake already happened in the best episode when they named the damn guy red tiger let it go (laughs) (laughs) it's a running gag it can never die uh, he just gave right, me more like, fuel. I can't do with this. <laughs> find me a, find me a worse Sentai, and we will start ragging on him instead. And until then, I don't care about that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but to go back to this uh, Time Ranger episode, uh, I, I, and here's the thing, I, it's kind of weird me doing this because the Time Force episode is also a really great episode. Like that, that's one of my top ten favorite Time Force episodes. But I would probably say that this is actually a little bit better than the Time Force Time Ranger episode because you can kind of get why Domon is like this because they already established in a previous episode that he mm-hmm. misses his family and he wants to get to his family. While they have to establish that plot for Katie in the Time Force episode, but, but what I really like is that the scene where they're all charging forward and transforming. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good in Time Force. They do it one by one. and uh, But 
I feel like it's a little bit yeah. better here because like each ranger gives a speech and it represents like their own character motivations. Now, to be fair, it's not bad entirely in time force like jen's little speech before she morphs is perfect yes. like i made a promise to alex that i'm gonna capture Randstick and i'm not gonna break it okay that's yes. good but lucas and trips it's just standard people are in trouble and i want to help them like yeah it helps it's it's a consequence of not having your characters develop time yeah. ranger has that yeah. benefit and so they in, actually have something to build off of so in the case of this Okay, Yuri, Yuri is same with Jen. You know, she wants to capture Donira, whatever the cost. Cool. But, like, ISA wants to fight on and not ignore everything that's happening around him. You know, so, I mean, kind of mm -hmm. subtle, but because, I mean, he can't say anything explicitly because nobody except Tatsuya knows what's yes. going on with him. Uh, I, I love Sion's little thing, though. Like, hey, you guys are my family. I love you guys, and I love fighting alongside you guys, so I'm going to keep doing that, it. That's adorable. Like, little stuff like that just makes... <clears throat> just maybe a time... And I'm not trying to badmouth the Time Ranger moment, because the Time Ranger... The, the Time Force moment, because the Time Force moment is also really good, but the little individual speeches just make it a tiny yeah. pinch better. Mm -hmm. I have hanging... And again, I, I don't want to bad mouth a Time Force episode because I love what that was, episode. But... Remind me, Nate, what was the plot of this episode of Time Force? Because they didn't have the the changes to the future plot in this episode. Well, it was so why were it was more about like Circuit Circuit found that like the timeline was a little was messed up just because there was no record of the Rame tank being created. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kate <clears throat> And then Katie's worried about the timeline. I mean, she it's pretty similar. It's just, I feel like, because... It's just that there's no... It's more implied than outright stated, yeah. like it is here. Okay, yeah. And, I actually remember that now, yeah. And, and I mean, I like and I like the Time Force episode. I mean, I, I like Katie as a character more than I think. I mean, I know some people here aren't the biggest fans of Katie. I really like that character, but... I like her personality. I yeah, just wish I there was more to her yeah, character. Yeah, her personality is really charismatic, <clears throat> and I you can't you can't hate her personality. Yeah, yeah. But her backstory is extremely yeah. dry. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like the the tiny details with like establishing Domon's personal desire in a previous episode, and mm -hmm. on top of also ISA and. Uh, Shion giving little speeches that really match their characters. I just feel like this elevates it to a level slightly above what is a very good, if not amazing, Time Force episode. Yeah, I, I, I can't <clears throat> say either way because I haven't watched Time Force <clears throat> in like seven, eight years. So, yeah, been a while. I mean the but, one thing, no, I uh, go, sorry, good. The one thing I might give the Time Force episode is that maybe Wes's little I can't remember much of I, I I'm not really sure how I feel about how Tatsuya helps Domon regain his fighting spirit, but I feel like Wes's speech to Katie about her having her family to fight for is slightly a little bit more powerful. And maybe that's just because Wes is Maybe that's just because I prefer Wes to Tatsu. Yeah. So maybe that's where the bias comes from. But that's the one thing I would give the the Time Force episode over this. But at the same but again, they're both 
they're both amazing episodes, so I don't want to badmouth either episode. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I gave the Time Force episode a 10 out of 10, so I really have no choice by that logic to give this episode a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, would, I would say, it's, it's, I don't know if I would go 10, but it's definitely a 9. It's a 9. I'll go 10. I'm holding up on a 10 because I feel like there's going to be a 10 later on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do we think of the uh, the... Okay, I know we're not going to see Shadow Alpha until a later episode, but what do we think of the, like, I, I guess it was called the Shadow Force Megazord and a Time Force. Like, what do we think of this combination? I actually forgot this combination even existed. Yeah, you and I To be heard. honest with you. But then it's stupid finisher move where it jumps into the air and shoots, like, the, the face of the clock down. And, like, all the numbers, like, beam in on him and hold him in place. I thought that was sick, but... Yeah, I genuinely forgot this form even existed. <laughs> I mean, I, I prefer Shadow Alpha. Shadow Alpha's finisher, I think, is a lot cooler, where they, like, trap a monster in a net, and then they slash it. But... So, um... J just to, um... The only other thing I want to say about this, and it's one of the reasons why I really like this two-parter, is that, like, I really feel, and, you know, I can kind of use this to transition into, like, the villain analysis. We don't really have to talk about Dornero and Leela because they don't do much here. But I want to give a shout-out to, to Gian here because I, I really feel like he's become a much better villain here. And honestly, I feel like he's a bit more fleshed out than Frax was at this point in the series. Because the only reason that Frax unleashes Nova in the in the uh in the time force equivalent episode is that he wants to prove that robots are superior to mutants and i'll talk more about like my issues with frax's motivation when we get to uh when we get to like later on but i just feel like gian like i honestly never understood why frax is like doing some of these evil things when like he has an agenda against rancic but i'll talk more about that later i feel like gian's motivation is just a bit more fleshed out here where he's just insane and he just wants to watch the world burn because he's an insane person and we'll get more flesh more of something fleshed out from him but they're making him out to be kind of a pretty intimidating villain like he i think he's become really good i i think i'm gonna say this because i honestly feel this i think out of all the characters i'm looking for like to be fully fleshed out by the end of the show he might be the one character i'm the most interested in who <clears throat> gian yeah no gian because because everything that i've heard about the comparisons between time ranger and time force is that gian versus frax is a very interesting pick and choose between on which character is better because I've heard because Vrax is an amazing villain in his own right. In yeah, Time he Force. Is. But people said that Gian is probably a little bit more um like they said that Frax people how I've heard it compared is that Frax is more I guess cunning while Gian is more unhinged and i want to know just what they mean by that because i've heard people say that this guy might be one of the more uh demented villains in sentai so i'm Why kind of demented, excited to... but let's not get it oh of so, so I'm, I'm really curious as to what people mean by that in detail yeah <laughs> so i'm excited to see where this guy ends up 
uh, Anthony Riz, you want to say anything about Gian? Because I mean, he's the only villain worth talking about right now. No, Patrick filled the yeah, words. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So- also, what was Nadira's counterpart's name again? Lila. Nadira. Lila. She was she was getting really close to getting canceled when she came back at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was- that tan was a real dark, dark as usual. Like, <laughs> yeah, for where's the where's the where's the yeah, family so yeah, There's a subplot Christ, where uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a subplot where uh, <laughs> and Leela to the beat so that he can like pull all this stuff, and then when Leela gets back, she's super tan. So. It took me a minute to figure out what I was talking about, but. Because when when they showed those two coming back and she stepped on screen, I was like, right. ah. <laughs> I have paid no mind yeah, to I say something. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I mean, I don't like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, Leela can kind of give a free pass because honestly, like, I mean, I don't hate Nadira, but she was never really the, she was never really so, I, I love Ransick, but Nadira, I mean, I feel like I mean she's great in the in the in game arc, but I feel like she could have. She got better. she got my nerves real quick oh, yeah. in the beginning when I first watched that show. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, she's a very she's she's everything about astronomer with without all the parts that we like. Bingo. About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that she's a like back in like the early episodes of Lost Galaxy when Trakina was just Scorpius's daughter. She was worse than Trakina was back then. Yeah. yeah. So But uh so I guess uh, to kind of wrap this up uh you know uh we should each uh you know talk about our uh uh we can go one by one uh we are uh you know we still have five rangers uh by the way this is uh we're going to see the sixth ranger soon but this is actually the longest a series has gone without introducing the sixth ranger yeah, I was um, actually going into the stretch of episodes expecting to see Time Fire in this batch. Well, he's coming. So, he's coming in yeah. the next batch, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited you know. for that. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, we got Yuri, Tatsuya, ISA, Domon, and Shion. So uh, each of us, one by one, can talk about each of these and give our updated rankings. Anybody want to go first? No, I'll go. Okay, go ahead. Um, I probably put Domon at the top. I there's just something about how sympathetic he is like when he has his emotional moments dude i just want to bro hug that guy (laughs) so much um and then it kind of gets cluttered from here i guess maybe (sighs) sion probably be number two isa three yuri and then tatsuya i guess i don't know but i could kind of rearrange those bottom four in any way and i wouldn't particularly feel bad about it because they're all kind of everybody's kind of on an yeah. even level to me i was li- okay i think mine would i'm, I'm not gonna drop yours by the way i'm just like i'm saying slightly my my list oh, my I'm list done. is similar to yours but i think i'm gonna put isa second and see on third because i think <sighs> I feel like I have how you feel. Like I don't want to just say like these. I'm using this ranking as like the 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 rest are just bad. It's just it's kind of yeah. hard to rank these guys, you know. 
I kind of well, I kind of want to put Belmont at one, and then the other ones are like two A, two B, yeah. two C, two D, and Tatia being like the, the least yeah, and, best and, and, one is kind yeah. of like good. I mean, he's not terrible, but he's not. Yeah, I kind of agree with what Riz. Just, yeah, he needs more. Yeah, I agree with what Riz just said. It's that they're they're all so well written that you kind of don't want to rank them because the bottom guy is still like he needs work. An yeah, eight tier character, but but he's not bad. Though. <laughs> what a what tier? An A tier character, like even the worst character in this season, is an A tier. Like I know that we're kind of like ripping on Tatsu a little bit, but he's still yeah. a good character. I can I go yeah. next? Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Because I want to respond to that. I I think Tatsu is more like a B tier character right now. Yeah, it's I, mean, that's, yeah. I think that's fair yeah. enough. Bordering. Well, okay, but but I want to clarify. I'm putting him B tier. But that's a borderline high C, low B for me. Fair enough. I I just he's he's kind of average to me as a red. He's not really sticking out with anything. You know, he's not like a Takaru or a Marvelous or hell, hmm. even a King. Like, there's nothing notable about this guy. It doesn't help that I guess. Seeing how we've been doing a ton of compare and contrast, Wes is just like a significantly better version of him up yeah. to this point. Yeah, and so, so I think Tachi is at the bottom for me, but I'm mm. going to start from the top because it's easier. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have trouble because I do think Domon deserves the top spot, but I also think Sion is a really good close second, if not a good contender for first here. But I think Domon gets first, and then Sion second, then Ayase third, Yuri fourth. That's fair. Yeah, the same yeah I think that's here. fair, because Yuri yeah. didn't get any focus episodes in this batch, so... Yeah. Yuri just kind of existed, and um, once you're done, Nate, I do want to talk a bit more about this batch's Overall, because I haven't really done that yet. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So go ahead and give your rankings, then we can circle back. Uh, I'm still putting ISA at the front, just because I mean his like his story, and especially you know like in this batch where he establishes that like he fights because he wants to because it gives him hope. I just think that that's I mean I think that that's really powerful, and it's very much in the spirit of the like do we like fade and future theme of this series um mm-hmm. i'll put domon after that just because it's domon i mean i don't know i might <laughs> domon might i mean i've already put domon in my top five sentai yellows um i'm starting to think he might be making a case to be number one um, luca will not approve <laughs> of you well i mean nor will kotaha Ah, damn it. Kotoha, please don't be mad at me for doing that. Kotoha <laughs> will never forgive you. Yeah, well, she's a nice person. Maybe I could talk Maybe I could talk with her a little bit. Um, Domon's a very nice person, too, actually. Yeah. Um, definitely going to put Sion there. You know, I was telling Riz this earlier. Like, I used to think that Sion was, like, the weakest character in this bunch. But honestly, I forgot how great of a character he is. Like, And honestly, with how much they flesh out his backstory as an alien... As much as I like Trip, I feel like he's slightly better than Trip just because they're well, using he's Trip the, with more layers. The alien yeah. backstory yeah. to get to mm. their advantage with him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put Yuri there. Uh, I mean, 
she's a great character and i feel like she's gonna be better in the next batch because there is like you know a handful of episodes revolving around her in the next batch but for but with this batch yeah i mean she does deserve to be down there and then just tatsia because i mean not because i think tatsia is bad i do think that he's like a b-tier at worst character but I mean, I mean, it's like with the King Ogres, like these are all great characters. Like you kind of feel bad ranking someone last because they're not like, I don't know. He's like this season's equivalent of Kaguraki and King Ogre. I just find it funny that red and pink are like undoubtedly the two best in time force, but we have them as the bottom two in the time ranger. Exactly. (laughs) It says a lot about time force. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't think it'll be this. Like, I know, like, if I was ranking the Time Force characters, I would put Erica Love there. Here's the thing. I don't think now Time Fire is going to be a bottom of this list. So at least it's not going to be for the third guy that we would rank. Uh, I'm top. excited to get introduced to Time Fire. Because yeah, if he's anything like Quantum Ranger, then I'm wearing for a good time. Yeah. So going back to general thoughts about the yep. Spatch mm-hmm. episodes, and just to look back at the 20 episodes we have looked at so far. And I, I think I'm the only one that really has issues with Time Ranger so far. Um, <laughs> because I think y'all are generally really liking it. And so my, my complaints with it is the character writing is kind of lacking a lot. Like, I'm basing my in like Domon's a really well written character, and Sion implicitly is a well written character because he has a good vibe. But there's not too much more going on in terms of like real good development. Like Tatsuya had many opportunities to get like a lot more character development to flesh him out, relationship with his dad, and all that stuff. Um, Yuri. I talked about this in the last one. There was there was a misstep there because I think they did Zen so much better. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't do anything remotely similar to that with Yuri, that's a damn crime. So no, I, I just have a lot of misgivings <laughs> with the overall trajectory for this Sentai. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll kind of mirror you this because I did think the first ten episodes were were pretty decent because they were establishing everything. So you'd expect yeah. them to be a little bit more heavy and stuff. But these episodes, eleven through twenty that we just did, they feel like a calm before the storm kind of mm-hmm. thing. I mean, maybe <laughs> because but... next episode we're going to get introduced to Time Fire, which is going to add a whole new dynamic to the show. Yeah. I'm assuming, and because of that, this season's equivalent of the Silver Guardians mm-hmm. is going to get introduced, which might play into Tatsuya's character a little bit more because I know it played yeah. into Wes's a lot. And I'm assuming uh, Tatsuya and Time Fire, whoever, whatever his name is, are going to have the similar kind of like. Yep maybe like rivalry connection that Wes and Eric did. So I feel like going forward, there's going to be a lot more put into it, but they decided to give you like a little bit of a lull before things started getting out of control. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that we need like nonstop, like big plot building every time. Yeah. But, but this character, not getting a lot out of them. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting things to be a little bit more 
you know, maybe laying more groundwork for these characters and stuff too, but these really felt like just space savers. See, because I was telling Nate this afternoon mm-hmm. over text, because the writer is the same between Sinkinser and this. Mm-hmm. And Sinkinser at this point, I mean, with the exception of Hot Garbage, I was in love with the entire cast. And even with Takaru, if you really stop and think about my anger in those early episode reviews we did, mm-hmm. that is a perfectly correct response given I don't know the endgame yeah. arc. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so for me to be angry with him is eliciting the right response that you're supposed to be giving. Yeah. And it's saying that she did her job correctly. But mm-hmm. I'm not getting much of anything like Yeah, because I mean I'll I I, go I said this I said this because we were loosely talking about this before we started, but I've seen Shin Kendra and Ginga Man all the way through, which are other two seasons that were written by her. And I said that I think Ginga Man up to this point had better written characters than Time Ranger. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Ginga Man had a lot of like heavy emotional stuff early on and it drove the plot pretty significantly and, and I would... this season feels more like it's using the plot to carry the characters yeah. mm-hmm. and that's which what I don't like. kinda, which, because Ginga Man and Shinkenja were good at the characters carrying the plot and I, and I think that's where she, she is at her best when she's writing yeah. the show that way and that's I think right. that kind of goes off of what I was saying previously like I feel like Time Ranger as a Time Ranger I think has a better plot soul plot than time force because we're already seeing like you know yeah explicitly going into like how the timeline is affected because they just glance over it in time force but i yeah. still see where but the thing i'll give time force is that time force has better characters than like certain areas now i'll i'll disagree with riz a little bit i do think like okay obviously domon and Shion, we can both agree on those two i would argue that i think isa is still also a good oh, no, I have to say it's a good character. I'm not saying he's yeah. not, but but, but, but he's, his ahead. focus needs a bit more. Like, yeah, we have a lot of stuff with him with the uh, Osiris syndrome later on, mm-hmm. but give me more of him without the Osiris syndrome as well. Well, I think we got one good episode where the Osiris I mean, we syndrome got, wasn't. We got a mentioned. we got a decent one. Yeah, it was it was fun, but. Yeah, it, it, it but but I can still the it, same punch. but I can still understand yeah. and I yeah. and I and I think especially in the context of uh this batch of episodes because I'll be honest I was kind of frustrated with these because uh, I mean because the next batch if I remember correctly like we are gonna get some episodes revolving around uh we're gonna get at least uh, one revolving around Yuri and I know that we're gonna have like uh a two-parter that revolves around the relationship between Yuri and Tatsuya, which, I mean, if that's anything like what the Time Force episode was like, it was really good. But I'm kind of disappointed, I'm not going to lie, with this, because, I mean, we get good episodes revolving around the three characters that were not exactly the best in Time Force, but the two characters that Time Force has really fleshed out by this point of the series. Like, with Tatsuya, okay, we got some episodes, but they're mostly just standard filler. And then with Yuri, I mean... 
there's literally like crickets chirping coming from her character development yeah. right now. So and I'll I'll take it one step further, and you may disagree with me on this. You may agree, but from what I remember of Go Busters at this point, I feel like we had better character writing even in Go Busters at this point. I don't know. I might agree. I might not. The problem is I haven't seen GoBusters in like several years, so I, I wouldn't yeah, know. So but from what I remember, I might actually have to agree with you, honestly. Because honestly, we, it was a lot simpler, right? Like they they didn't have like deep, meaningful stories in GoBusters at this point. Like they established but, what Ryoma, Ryu, no, 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 uh, Hiromu, Ryuji, and uh, Yoko were like before yeah. they became GoBusters. Right, and so we're getting stuff from them. We get a bit more info on them. And we also... They do a better job of making them relatable, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... I, and I think that's the same magic you get with Sinkinder. Because mm-hmm. Kotoha is not a very complex mm-hmm. character. But she's just written in a way that's so relatable mm-hmm. that we can just... Mm-hmm. We're, we're stuck falling yes, in love of with course. her, right? Like... There's no other way to look at that. So. Yeah, by this point in Shinkinger, I would say, well, okay, by this point in Shinkinger, Ginta was introduced, but uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. before that, you could probably you could probably say that the weak link was Mako because there weren't many mm-hmm. episodes dedicated to her, but she's still not a bad pink, but she's like an A tier pink at best. No, at but work. Mako, yeah. Mako, while she didn't have a lot of character centric episodes, she still was in the background support supporting and yeah. helping and being a motherly yeah. figure yuri is just kind of there yeah and I, I can see that he doesn't really do a lot like she doesn't say a lot she doesn't do a lot she doesn't get involved until it's something about business yeah i, I was honestly kind of disappointed yeah. with her in this batch of episodes now i think it'll change yeah. in the next batch but it really feels like this sentai is going to be very back heavy yeah yeah, which is another thing that writer's pretty good at because look at Sinkinzer. Yeah. The only Sentai I would say that was that she's written that's not back heavy would probably be Gingaman because I feel like that. Yeah, Gingaman was, was actually pretty. Do you pretty think Gobo all the way through back heavy? Eh, actually, no. The, the more I think about yeah. it, maybe it wasn't. I mean, no, I don't it wasn't. Think. <laughs> But I would I still. I mean, honestly, I I kind of thought that Gangaman did have a little bit of back heaviness, and I think it kind of was a little bit more to its detriment. But maybe like not to not to like an extreme degree what ruined the show. But yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. get to that when we get to we'll get to the third act of Gangaman. But yeah, Gangaman was pretty fluid. Yeah, and it it so far though it seems like because I have watched probably like the first twenty ish episodes of GoBusters. This definitely feels like the weakest start to any of her seasons. Well, the weakest start, I, I would was, probably say, is Tokyo yeah, Jersey. Well, it's, Tokyo well, um, oh it's implied we're not including that season here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I need to revise an earlier implication I made then. Time Ranger's not the weakest start to a Sentai anymore. It's Tokyo <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that she did to- Tokyujer. But 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 by that point with Tokyujer, she had given us Shinkinger, she had given us GoBusters. She she's earned yeah. the right to have it done. And Tokyujer isn't even just, that horrible. It's just 
let's like let's just say that when we're talking about her and her shows, we're excluding Tokyo <laughs> inherently. Yeah, okay, we're talking about the other four. It's like it's like when you talk about like Bruce Callish in Power Rangers. You know, you can talk about how good. Like, I mean, he wasn't a horrible writer, but you do want to kind of leave out the fact that Overdrive. He did you watch Tokyo Sir Patrick? I watched the first five episodes of it and I got so annoyed with everything <laughs> that I just quit immediately. <laughs> if, that, if that's the case, we're not redoing that. We've already done that already. Because I watched, I watched Cure Uger from start to finish and I jumped on to watch Tokyo Uger to see if it was worth it. And then I was like, nah. And then I started up with Ninja, and I went five episodes with that. Oh, like, that's no. even worse. That's even worse. I would have watched something huger than that any day. No, Ninja. Oh. I've, I've heard and... horror stories. Of oh, Ninja. I dread when I have okay. to. Okay. Ninja's the first new Sentai I'm going to have to watch after I'm done with the show, and I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going to have to watch two. <laughs> let, let me just say this Ninja and Geki Ranger are on the same footing in my book. Mm-hmm. Ouch. But I would rather deal with Takaharu. God dang it. Uh... <laughs> Nate's about to be like, dudes them to fight dudes more. Dudes. <laughs> no, I'd rather deal with Takaharu yelling, that's so hot! Than have to deal with... Is that with... his catchphrase? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's his catchphrase. That's I'd horrible. rather deal with that. That's terrible. Than deal with wacky wacky dick. <laughs> so okay, so really we have three annoying, like I guess, lines from different Reds. Of course, you heard Riz try to do uh, <laughs> John's, John's, and you have Takahar. It's so hot. What do you think of Yosha Lucky? That to me is like that. That's annoying. Yeah. Hearing that every time. Is okay, I've yeah. watched you, Ranger. I've watched about half of Lucky so far, and I mean, whatever. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Um, of the three, I prefer Lucky. Yeah. What you know was really crazy though is that like Kira Red as as much as I love Kira Major, and I don't. I'm not saying this side because I hate uh, his catchphrase or whatever. But he will say it a lot, and I don't know how y'all will feel about that. He says uh, Kira May King, which is like, I think, uh, like Kira inspiration or something like that. So he has this thing where, like, he'll get inspiration and he'll, like, literally stop what, he, stop what he's doing and he'll say Kira May King. He'll have his hand up and, and just, he'll say that every time he gets inspiration for something. Um, I don't know how that will. That may get me on y'all nerves. I'm not gonna lie, but I don't know how if we ever get to watching Kira Major, how how that'll make y'all feel. Cause I I don't mind it. It didn't no, bother me. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah. I want to see. Now that is the center I do want to watch. But anyway, um, so uh, I mean, anybody want to just give uh, just some last second thoughts? <laughs> We're meeting Time Fire in the next batch. I hope you guys are excited. I'm My last thought is, I'm glad we're never get <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I said, I said my last, my last parting words are, I'm glad we're done with Gekki Ranger. 
It's been two since I. It just never. It just bro. never stops. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're looking at a my, my, my... I know that you don't think that this is an a nine or a ten, but you said that this is a seven or an eight. This is leagues above Geki Ranger, dude. Just enjoy yes. what we're doing. Yes, I'm enjoying it. I'm not. This, I'm not critiquing it in a bad way. I'm just critiquing it because I'm holding it to a higher standard because it's good yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my Ranger, sen- I, would I share his. I share his sentiment, but replace Geki Ranger with Zoo Ranger. Fair enough. <laughs> Look, Zoo Ranger is another really bad one. I yeah. yes, I know. I can't stand Geki. But anyway. Dragon Caesar, <laughs> shut up. Get over it. <laughs> Look, my brother's dead. Get over you it. Know, <laughs> you know, I was kind of hoping when I was watching the subs of it that I got a bad sub. But then I popped into Stout Factory DVD. Uh-huh. And it's just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, no, nothing's going to save this season, yeah, man. Just yeah. accept it's bad. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so we thank you guys for checking this one out. Uh, you know, we're still going to be doing our King Oger uh, episode reviews, uh, especially now because King Oger got really good the last time we were on King Oger. Uh, I know we've probably put, we've posted like a couple of other podcasts since we've done that one, but yeah, King Oger's looking really good. Um, we're actually going to have to stretch the number of uh, case files uh, that we're going to be doing on Time Ranger. Uh because um, we want to give the in-game story arc uh, its own podcast, and that's going to be uh, like four episodes long. So we, in order to line that up, we're going to stretch it out. So next time we're going to be looking at twenty-one through thirty-three, uh, and like we've said like multiple times, uh, that's where Time Fire comes in. So things are about to get uh, pretty uh, pretty good. I mean, I, I would say that they're pretty good right now, but they're going to get even better. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, we'll do uh, 34 through 46, after which we'll do the in-game arc. Um, and, yeah, we got a lot of things planned for you guys, uh, you know, and, you know, 2023 is maybe wrapping up soon. But we got a lot of things planned for you way deep into 2024 and beyond, and we hope you guys will join us for that. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe, leave comments down below with what you thought and, you know, maybe uh, like what you would like to see us cover uh check us out in if you're listening to us on itunes or spotify leave us a review we thank you guys for checking us out there you can reach out to us on our website animesecrets.org for feedback um and that's about it we'll see you guys next time we thank you guys so much for uh, checking us out and we'll see you guys for our next time ranger uh podcast or um the next king Oger, whichever we end up doing next time but until that time you guys stay safe we love you and may the power protect you